I'm now joined by Dr. Don Hughes, who's a licensed psychologist and director of behavioural medicine at the Montefiore Headache Centre. She's also an assistant professor at the Department of Neurology at Albert Einstein College of Medicine and an assistant professor in the Fairkauf Graduate School of Psychology of Yeshiva University Health Psychology Doctoral Programme in Bronx, New York. Now, as well as all that, she does research into headache and pain and looks at clinical care, including assessment, cognitive behavioural therapy and biofeedbacks for patients suffering with headaches and other forms of pain. Thanks for joining us today, Don. Thank you for having me. So, Don, the paper that you published in JNMP, you're looking at comorbidities in chronic migraine sufferers. What prompted you to look at that? Well, we know that migraine sufferers in general suffer many medical and psychiatric comorbidities at greater rates than non-migraine sufferers, including several conditions such as depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, and abuse. They also, also suffer from cardiovascular events and risk factors at greater rates and neurologic conditions including epilepsy and restless leg syndrome. Okay. We also know that migraineurs have impairments in health-related quality of life and disease-related burdens such as missed time from work, missed time with family, and missed personal, social, and leisure time, which can be very distressing and frustrating to migraine sufferers. So we did some recent work on looking at did chronic migraine sufferers have worse quality of life and greater disease-related burden than episodic migraine sufferers. And by chronic migraine, I mean people who have diagnoses of migraine and have an average of 15 or more headache days per month. And many of our sufferers here in the headache clinic actually have headache every day or nearly every day. By episodic migraine, we mean those with diagnoses of migraine who have an average of 14 or fewer headache days in a month. Okay, and that's that's a standard um, way to characterize that? Yes, that is. That's the definition according to the ICHD-2, the International Classification of Headache Disorders, second revision. And the terms chronic migraine and episodic are our standard nomenclature. So the next step we wanted to look at is did chronic migraine sufferers have differences on sociodemographic factors such as household income, education, and did they suffer from higher rates of the common medical and psychiatric comorbidities compared to those with EM? So as I mentioned, we know that migraine sufferers in general have more comorbidities than non-migraine sufferers, and now we want to look at did chronic migraine sufferers fare worse than episodic migraine sufferers. Okay. And your study was part of the American Migraine Prevalence and Prevention Study. Could you tell us a bit about that study and a bit about the sort of population that you were looking at there? Absolutely. So the American Migraine Prevalence and Prevention Study, or AMPP, is a longitudinal population-based survey. We began in 2004 by mailing questionnaires to a stratified random sample of 120 households in the United States. And surveys were returned by a little over 162,000 respondents from about almost 78,000 households. We found that response rates were similar by gender and geographic region, population density, and household income, and were matched to U.S. Census data. So this group is representative of the U.S. population. Yep. And then 
of those respondents, 30,721 had at least one severe headache in the past year, which met ICHD2 criteria for a severe headache. And we selected a random sample of them of 24,000 adults who we've then followed up on an annual basis between 2005 through 2009. So the current study is looking at data from the 2005 survey where we sent out 24,000 questionnaires and received responses from 18,500 severe headache sufferers age 18 and over. And of those respondents, we received data from 11,249 respondents with episodic migraine and 655 with chronic migraine. Okay, and then what did you do with the data that you got back? So there are two different areas we focused on the current study. We looked at sociodemographic profiles and we looked at comorbid conditions, including both the medical and psychiatric. And for the sociodemographic data, we did statistical tests including logistic regression, ordered logistic regression, Pearson chi-squared tests, and ANOVAs to look at differences in income, education, employment status, marital status, and if the person was on medical disability. We also compared the two groups across medical and psychiatric conditions, and those were modeled as dichotomous outcomes and logistic regression models. Basically, we asked all respondents if they'd ever received a diagnosis from a medical professional of about 20 different conditions. Mm-hmm. For depression, we were actually able to use a validated questionnaire which assessed current depression based on DSM-4 criteria, and we also asked if they'd ever received a medical diagnosis. So when you analyzed all your data, what did you actually find? So we found that compared to those with episodic migraine, respondents with chronic migraine had statistically significantly worse, lower levels of household income, they were less likely to be employed full-time, and they were more likely to be occupationally disabled or on disability. And what about the uh, comorbidities that you talked about at the beginning? When we analyzed comorbidities in comparison to those with episodic migraine, CM respondents were approximately twice as likely to have depression, anxiety, and chronic pain. They were also more likely to have many disorders, including several psychiatric disorders, respiratory disorders such as asthma, bronchitis, and COPD, cardiac events, as well as cardiac risk factors such as hypertension, diabetes, high cholesterol, and obesity, and several pain conditions including arthritis. So there's a big list there. Now with any study, obviously there's going to be particular strengths and weaknesses to it. Could you take us through some of them? So one of the drawbacks of this study, being a a large epidemiologic study, is that we had to rely on patient self-report if they'd ever received a medical diagnosis of these conditions. It would be ideal if we were able to do a chart review or receive confirmation from physicians, but that's just not possible in a sample of this size. The only condition that we were able to do both a questionnaire of current symptomatology and ask for a patient report if they'd ever received a diagnosis was depression. Now it's interesting because we actually found a correlation of 0.59 between those variables showing that while they do share a great deal of variance, they are unique constructs, which makes sense. A person may have received a diagnosis of depression 
sometime in their past and may not currently meet criteria or vice versa. So if we were able to look at a subset of respondents and look at a medical chart review sort of study or speak with physicians, we'd be able to really enrich this data set. A second limitation is the potential for statistical significance based on the fact that we did multiple comparisons. However, there were many conditions that were not different between the two groups, such as premenstrual syndrome, cancer, and low blood pressure. In addition to that fact, also we have found that our results of rates of these different conditions match those that are out there in the epidemiologic data. So we have reason to believe that that these results would, would stand up well compared to the other data that we know. Sure. And how about some strengths? So one of the most important strengths of this study is it's a population-based study. And that's very important to study comorbidities in the population where we get a potentially less biased sample and view of the world. A lot of times comorbidities are studied in a clinic because it's easier to find patients and participants in a study. However, studying participants in a clinic may lead to several biases since patients who are receiving medical care or have been diagnosed or have themselves chosen to to get medical care may be worse off than those in the general population. So this study has the strength that it is a population-based study. It also has a nice large sample size, which makes it wonderful to work with this data. Mm. And it's also representative of the U.S. population census data. So it's matched on gender and age and socioeconomic status, which allows us to generalize from these results with some confidence. So your results, you know, both sides of it, a higher instance of lower levels of household income and people are more likely to be unemployed, and then the comorbidities like depression and chronic pain, hypertension, everything that you've mentioned already. There's a lot there. So what do you think your take-home message for clinicians from this research would be? I think the message for clinicians is to remember that migraine sufferers are worse off than non-migraine sufferers on several dimensions, including quality of life and health-related disability and medical and psychiatric comorbidities. And then in this study, we demonstrated that those with chronic migraine have an even harder time in those areas than those with episodic migraine. So for those seeing migraine sufferers, especially episodic migraine, they really need to maintain diagnostic vigilance. Remember to ask patients about their quality of life, ask about comorbidities, possible symptoms and risk factors. Several of the approved preventative treatments for migraine may offer the opportunity for therapeutic twofers, as we like to say, so that in addition to helping migraine, they may also help depression or cardiovascular risks. So that might be an opportunity. In addition, clinicians should think about referring for treatment, and this may be to, to a host of providers depending on what comorbidity or comorbidities their patient is suffering. Untreated, many of these conditions have been shown to further reduce quality of life and headache disability and may interfere in the ability to treat the migraine. For example, we know that in the case of psychiatric conditions such as depression and anxiety in particular, 
these conditions interfere with treatment adherence, patient motivation, and participation in care. We know that migraine sufferers with depression and anxiety report lower satisfaction with care, and they tend to have poorer outcomes. Mm -hmm. So treating the psychiatric condition may help treat the migraine as well. And how about how doctors deal with patients on a one-to-one basis? I think it's very important to normalize this experience for patients. Patients may be uncomfortable or even embarrassed, especially about the psychiatric comorbidities. It's important to let patients know that these comorbidities are common, that any human being suffering from chronic pain or chronic illness is affected emotionally. Also let patients know that this comorbidity may influence their migraine and vice versa. They may be related to a shared underlying mechanism, such as a neurotransmitter dysregulation, for example, in the case of serotonin. Mm -hmm. And to let patients know that these are treatable conditions and treating each of these conditions may help the other. There is evidence that, for example, migraine and depression are bidirectional, that the occurrence of either one leads to a greater risk of the occurrence of the other. We also believe that depression and anxiety may play a role in the chronification from episodic to chronic migraine. So physicians and patients can do themselves a favor by treating something like depression or obesity, which also plays a role in the chronification of migraine. Mm. They may lessen the chance that their patient is going to progress from episodic to a chronic state. So I think let patients know this is common It's normal. It's nothing to be embarrassed about. But there are treatments. These are treatable conditions. And treating the comorbidity most likely will help their migraine as well. Great. Well, Dawn, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you.